Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from Divine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I am so excited that you are walking with me. What that means is we are walking together through God's Word, just about three chapters a day, and uh, you're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters independently and then listen to the podcast, but they're going to be short, 10 to 15 minutes each day, so that you can listen to at the start or the finish of each day, and I believe that it will bless you as it's blessed. Me. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage is from Psalm 86, 87, and 88. Psalm 86, we were, we were visited by a familiar psalmist for the first time in a little while. This one is penned by King David. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. I want to stop there for a second. You know, there is a lot of Psalms where one of the first things out of their mouth is basically a declaration of innocence before God. You know, some, so often of the time, we come before the Lord And we are asking him to do, 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 and move, 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 and, you know, give us increase and, you know, help this person and help that person. And, you know, we just forget that we're coming before a holy God. And there really should be a a consecration of our own hearts before we even come to him, before we even ask anything to him. And, um, and especially because so often of the time, the things that we're praying for a lot of times are in some way, shape or form, you know, kind of messes that we've got ourselves in. And more than we even need the mess resolved, we need to know how to avoid getting ourselves into this mess again. And so it's a powerful thing when you can step into prayer and you can go, Lord, Preserve my life, for I am godly. You know, just just to just to be able to declare that as you're as you're walking in, is saying, Lord Jesus, I am here, and I am innocent before you. I'm I'm striving to maintain my integrity, and now I'm making my request before you. And so, and of course, other in in other psalms, even if it starts off with that declaration, even later on it may say, "But if there's any secret sin in my heart that I know not of, you know, examine me, cross cross examine me, put me on trial." Point. My point is, is there should be we should have a desire within us to to come before God naked. I mean, with with nothing unexposed, and with clear conscience. You know, that should be a, a, the place that we're going before him as. And then even, even so much so that, that we're, if there's, we're, we're, so, we're so earnestly desiring that we're, we're in clear conscience before him that we even say, if there's anything else, maybe I'm missing, maybe some things that I'm doing, maybe some things that I'm thinking, would you, would you point those out to me? Because more than I need anything, I need to become more like you.
And so that should be our earnest desire. And that was clearly David's. And you, that's reflected in a lot of this psalm. He says later on, uh, he says, Gladden the soul of your servant. For you, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. That's a, that's a good prayer, you know. Lord, would you gladden my soul? Would you give me joy again? Would you? You know, and then he goes on and he says, For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart. And I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. And and so again, you know, David, what, what is David known for? David's known for being a man after God's heart. And that's that's made clear through Psalm 86 as he comes before him and he's, and he's asking, would you teach me your way, O Lord? Help me to walk in your truth. Unite my heart. Sometimes my heart feels divided and it's split and it's torn. Maybe between faith and fear, or maybe between my interest and yours. Either way, would you unite my heart together in in fear or reverence or in um, in, in in submission before you? And I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, undivided. I come before you just to worship you, just to praise you. For great is your steadfast love toward me. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see me and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. So just a beautiful individual lament, just a cry, a song from David. In a a difficult time, in a difficult season, but his heart is still steadfast on, on becoming more like God. And um, in having God's blessing upon him. Psalm 87 is uh, from the sons of Korah. And it, it, it speaks about basically the blessing uh, that God has released in, in Zion, his chosen city. And the last verse there speaks, it's only seven verses. The last verse, seven, says, Singers and dancers alike say, all my springs are in you, or all my fountains are in you, is another translation. All my springs are in you. What does that mean? It's saying that all of my nourishment and everything that I'm getting and everything that I'm searching for is coming from you. I'm not finding or searching for satisfaction or nourishment anywhere else but in you. That's a powerful thing. And it says, the singers and dancers alike, they say this. Those that are worshiping you, those that are praising you, those that are dancing before you, they acknowledge that everything that I have, I'm drawing out of the well of living water. I'm getting it from you. And we should be able to say that as well to the Lord. Lord, all my springs are in you. Everything that I've got's in you. Everything's from you. Everything I need is in you. And uh, Psalm uh, 88, Psalm 88 is a funny one we've, because we've covered a lot of Psalms like this, but none, none quite like this because Psalm 88 is from the sons of Korah 
and it's one of these it's one of these de kind of depressing psalms and um you know, every day I call upon you, O Lord, I spread out my hands to you, uh, my companions are shunning me, my soul is full of troubles. Um, the difference in this one, I don't, we, to my recollection, we haven't hit one of these psalms yet. But there is no turn in this psalm. It is 18 verses of, I am not okay. <laughs> it is 18 verses of, I am downtrodden and... Um, I have been shunned by even my own friends, and there's never, there's actually not a switch. There's, there is um, two different pauses. There's a pause after verse seven. There's a pause after verse ten, and so many times in the Psalms, after the pause, <laughs> after the taking a moment in His presence, there's kind of a supernatural uplifting of spirit. Not here, church. Okay, one time he says, your wrath lies heavy upon me and you overwhelm me with all your waves. Pause. You've caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord, I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Did the departed rise up to praise you? Pause. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave? You know, it, it, it's... So this has this is a he he's a specifically overwhelmed with troubles at this point, and I do think there's a silver lining in, in in these eighteen verses, despite there not being a noticeable shift. Um, the, one of the things that spoke to me as I was reading this was in verse thirteen. He says, "But O Lord, I cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you." So in the midst of all of this, even though there's no significant movement in his life, he is steadfast in bringing his prayer before the Lord every day. And that's how scripture teaches us to pray, is we're just continuing to pray every day, whether we see it, see movement or not, we continue to pray. You know, the old acronym was PUSH, pray until something happens, you know, and, and that's true, but then... I think it's even deeper than that. It's, it's pray until something happens. Pray after it happens. Pray when you don't think it's going to happen. You know, pray, just pray. You know, the word says never cease praying. You know, pray without ceasing. And and so it's it's our stream. All my streams are in you. I, how can I not drink from that stream? You know, I, every day I have to, even, even in a, if I'm in a season like, like the psalmist in 88, where it's like, things are seem to be going from bad to worse, yet every day I'm here in prayer. I just keep, I just, I'm going to keep coming before you. Even though now even my friends are turning their backs on me, I'm just going to keep coming before you. And I don't know what, I don't know what purpose you have with all of this. I don't know what your plan is in, in everything. But I'm going to keep coming before you. I'm going to keep praying day after day, night after night. You know, and so it, it's um, it's kind of a difficult, it's kind of a difficult psalm, but sometimes life's difficult. Sometimes it's it's hard, and when it is difficult and when it is hard, the best place that you could take that to is to the Lord. And sometimes there is a, I would say a lot of times there's a supernatural uplifting and just coming to Him and in, in prayer. But I would say there's actually also times where I've left prayer unresolved. In the same way as this psalmist, where I've kind of bared my soul before him, 
and then the answers come a bit later and and, and uh, maybe later in the day maybe later in the week you know where then I then I then I felt the comfort then I felt the blessing and so there are times where we where we just take these things to the Lord and um and we should we should cultivate a lifestyle of doing that you know the psalms are so real there's 150 psalms and they're so real and um, I hope that that helps us um, break through that kind of counterfeit Christianity where where we're, not, where we're where we're we don't feel like we can be real before the Lord. You know, we around people we should almost seem fake because of how much joy and peace and love and hope that we have. It's not that we're pretending. It's just that we almost look, you know so set apart that people are, you know, we, we, almost, we almost look plastic. You know, what, well, who are these people? And the only way that we can be that, that way, that, that supernatural, fake maybe isn't the, the, the greatest word because I don't want you to think we're pretending. But, but it's, we should be so supernatural around people. And the only way that we can, we can be that way is if we've been real before the Lord. Because your, your complaint is with Him, <laughs> Right? Your, your your ultimate your ultimate complaint is always with him, and that's where we take it, you know. And um, you know, if we the thing about it is is if we don't take our cares and cast them before him, then we'll end up carrying them, and that causes a heavy burden and bitterness, and then it starts to spew out of our mouth because it's heavy in our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then I become a person who speaks negativity. And then I become a person that drag other people into my mess. And so when we read these Psalms like 88, you kind of go, well, that's sort of depressing. I don't know that I would even put this one in the Bible. Well, I, I'm glad that it's in there. Because when your heart is heavy, you need to go to the rock. You need to go to the Lord. And you need to bear your soul before Him. And He can take it. He, he's a big boy. The Lord can handle it when we come before Him. Even when we come before Him. There's been a handful of times I've come before Him. And I've said things like, I, out of being upset, God, I don't know why you're doing this. This is ridiculous. You know? Now, He straightens me out real quick. Okay? Don't, don't, don't think you're going to get into a habit. <laughs> it's not going to be a habit of speaking to the Lord in that manner. Um, he's going to straighten you out real quick. Sometimes lovingly and sometimes a little more disciplinarian style, but you can you can make a habit out of coming to him with what's on your heart. Because you have to come before him and have that pure heart. You know, you have to come before him and, and, and maintain that clean conscience. And then you can go back into the world that you're called to sow seeds into with joy and with love and with patience and with kindness. If you know people that are bitter and frustrated, and angry, and people that are negative, I can guarantee you that they are not coming to the Lord and getting into His presence enough. And so that that is what we, we need to strive for, is becoming people that pray every day in in our mess, in the midst of our mess, after our mess, during our battle, before the victory, after the victory. We need to be people like David and like, the, like Asaph and the sons of Korah and people that aren't afraid to come to the Lord and cast our care before Him.